0: So my name is George Costanzo. I'm the CEO and president of Premier National Services. Um, I do mortgages nationwide, I'm specializing in New York City with Carolina Walicki as uh, the realtor. We do a lot of work together and I'm going to s- hopefully give you guys some good information about different types of mortgages and th- things that will be helpful to you.
1: George, thank you so much for joining us today and being willing to share some information about uh, mortgages and mortgaging process. I think the types of mortgage loans that are available sometimes can be a little confusing for people, myself included. So um, I think this is a great opportunity for people to be able to learn about the different types of mortgages. So why don't don't we start, would you mind um, explaining to us the difference between fixed and variable mortgages and when would you advise to use which one?
0: Yeah, in, in the current environment, there's really not much of a need for a variable rate. Um, variable rates are also called ARMS in the adjustable rate mortgages. That's what ARM stands for um, in the mortgage business. And what happens is they're usually three, five, or seven-year terms. So after, say, three years, if you got a three-year ARM, the rate can adjust on you. And Typically, it's around a total of five points that it can adjust, and it's usually no more than two points in any one year. So, theoretically, you could have an interest rate at, say, two and a half percent right now, and after three years, that can adjust up to four and a half percent. And after the following year it could uh, go to six and a half percent. And then the following year could go to seven and a half percent. So there's a lot of risk associated with them. um, And it's really only useful in particular instances. Like one example would be an investor who is buying a property to flip, but he's gonna rent it out in the meantime, or even if he's not going to rent it out, he's gonna have it short term. So he may do an adjustable rate knowing that he's not even gonna reach uh, the end of the term before it adjusts. Um, But for most other people, it's really not uh, something I would recommend. I would recommend most people stay with a fixed rate um, because then they're protected and they don't have to worry about the payment changing on them.
1: Now, um, can you please help us understand the different different types of mortgages, uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA and... All sure.
0: So the, the two main mortgages um, are Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Um, they're typically for people with better credit. Um, you, you could put a minimum of 3% as a down payment for each of them. The main difference from a mortgage point of view between the two is if you have a lot of student loan debt, Fannie Mae forces us to use 1% of that debt as a uh, monthly payment even if your payments are deferred for the time being they still want to account for that so that's going to go into your debt ratio Um, whereas Freddie Mac only requires a half a percent so it could be a big difference if you're on the borderline of qualifying or not um, whether we would go Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac
1: Can you please explain um, debt to debt to income ratio sure. and what are the requirements, please?
0: So, so debt to income ratio is any debt that shows up on your credit report, what the minimum monthly payments are, that goes into uh, your total monthly debt. If you're divorced and there's a divorce decree and you're paying alimony, that would go into your monthly debt any other type of obligations um, or debt that you have, like if you have some type of personal loan or something uh, that would go into that. And then your total housing payment. So your principal, your interest, your monthly taxes, your monthly homeowner's insurance, if there's any mortgage insurance that would go in there, all of that combined makes up your total debt. Then we would take your gross monthly income and we would divide your total debt by your gross monthly income. And that would give us your what's called your debt ratio, your debt to income ratio. Um, for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you need to be under 50%. So if you make $8,000 a month, you can't have more than $4,000 a month in total debt, including your housing payment. Um, and that's how that's calculated.
1: Okay. So a couple of things. Uh, one is that to... In the debt-to-income ratio, it's the projected um, expense, correct? So what it would be with the additional mortgage of the property that you're trying to get a loan for?
0: Correct.
1: Would be included in that debt-to-income. Right. Okay, great. And something that I would like to clarify is that even though Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, as uh, George is mentioning, would allow 3% down, a lot of properties in New York would not allow 3% down. If you're looking at a co-op, and they usually require at least 20% down, if not more, depending on where the co-op is and which co-op it is. Condos usually like 10%. I have seen condos take 5%. So that's a different conversation that it depends upon the property that you're looking at. So just so there's an understanding that, yeah, there's financing that you can get that is 3% down, but depending upon the type of property that you choose, you may or may not be able able to take advantage of a 3% down.
0: Right. And also, from my standpoint, um, that's typically for a single family primary residence, okay. um, like an investment property. You can't put three percent down. They're okay. going to require a lot bigger uh, down payment.
1: So would you say that basically the three things that they're looking at is credit, credit score, debt to income and assets to be able to qualify you for a loan?
0: Yeah, um, Actually, Freddie Mac really likes a lot of assets, so that would help you get better. Um, like if you did have that student loan debt, it it would help to get approved for Freddie Mac. Um, but but anytime you got assets, it helps with any with most types okay. of loans.
1: Great. And what about FHA?
0: FHA is typically used for People with less than perfect credit, they'll also allow you to go over 50% debt-to-income ratio. I think we could go up to 55.99 or 56.99%. So it gives you a little wiggle room if, it's, if things are tight. Yay! The, the downside to FHA is the mortgage insurance is very expensive. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, typically you're going to be around 0.6% of what the mortgage is, um, and then you divide that by 12 to come up with a monthly uh, mortgage insurance payment. With FHA, it's always, and that's also, uh, for Fannie and Freddie, contingent on your credit. The better your credit, the better your pricing is gonna be for your mortgage insurance. FHA, it's always 0.85. And also with FHA, it's permanent. You could never get it removed unless you refinance. With Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, when you have 20% equity in the home, you can request to have it uh, removed. So sometimes they do another appraisal or if the market has just gone up that much, um, sometimes they could waive that and just remove the mortgage insurance without refinancing. Um, so FHA is a more expensive loan, <clears throat> but um, you know if you have a credit score in the low 600s, you're probably gonna end up going FHA. You know, really Fannie and Freddie are looking more for like 680 to 700 and higher. Um, FHA, you can do down to 580 credit score. Um, it's, that would be a manual underwriting, which is very difficult to get through, but I have, I've, I've had some that have gotten done. Um, really you need a 600 to 620, and really 640 is where you wanna be minimum.
1: And then something you mentioned too was that uh, from a credit score, once you have 740, that's really like the best. 740 and above is pretty much all the same.
0: I mean, the best is 850. I've yeah. actually had a couple of people close to that, um, but it really doesn't do anything for you from a, a lending point of view. Once you hit 740, everyone's in the same bucket, basically above that. Um, you know from 720 to 740 from 700 to 720 you you might get a little bit better interest rate um you'll still qualify but um you know it would just it would help you with the mortgage insurance if you had any and possibly with the interest rate
1: okay Um, What about VA loans?
0: So VA is for uh, veterans. There is zero down. You don't have to put any money down. Um, There's no mortgage insurance. They're typically pretty easy loans to get approved with. So, but you do have to be a veteran. You need to have a a DD-12 form that needs to be submitted and we need to review your eligibility, but
1: Is it also something that it has to be for your primary residence or okay? So you can't just like buy for your kids, for example.
0: Yeah, you can't do, um, you you can't own more than one property uh, with a VA loan. You can only have a VA loan on one property and it has to be your primary residence.
1: Okay. And what about USDA?
0: Yeah, USDA is more for like rural areas mostly or some suburbs, um, it's typically geared towards, uh, there are income limits. So in most areas you have to make under like 70,000 in some really rural areas, it could be even less than that. Um, there are some areas that'll go higher than that, but you know it's it's it depends on the location. Um, you're really not gonna see that much in New York City because it's just not, Yeah. Uh, It's not the type of location where these properties would really be found, but um, but it is also a hundred percent financing, but it's income and area and geographically dependent.
1: Okay. And bank deposit loan?
0: So a bank deposit loan is for someone that maybe doesn't show a lot of income on their tax return and they're not going to qualify if we use that. So You know, it might be a a cash business that someone's in and for whatever reason, they're just not showing uh, all of that on their taxes. So we would take the last two years bank statements, average the monthly deposits, and we would use that as the income. Um, The rate's gonna be higher on that type of loan because it is less documentation and it's considered a riskier loan, but it is an option for people that run into that situation.
1: When you say higher, how much higher are we talking about? About
0: It, it depends on uh, the borrower, you know, what their credit is, what kind of reserves they have, what their debt to income ratio is. I mean, it could be a point higher than normal rates.
1: Okay. Okay. You know. And what about an asset depletion loan?
0: Yeah, that's a little similar situation where someone doesn't have income, but they have a lot of assets. Um, you know, if someone has million a million dollars in an IRA and they're drawing down on it, or they could set it, or they have an investment account, even if it's not uh, a 401k or IRA, they could set up with their financial advisor to set up a monthly draw. And once we have documentation that that's been established, then we could use that monthly draw as the income and use that to qualify for the loan.
1: then what can you offer these foreign national or national
0: yeah, foreign nationals um they obviously don't have uh credit in the u.s so we don't require um any type of credit um they do need to have money in the united states though the money can't come from overseas it has to be in the united states we can do what's called a debt service ratio loan where we would take 75 percent rental income from the property. And as long as that can cover the uh, debt of the property, so your taxes, your insurance, your principal, your interest payment, as long as it could cover that, we can get that approved. And you still have to have assets and good credit and all that, but it's just another way we get around the income problem.
1: Can you please talk to us a little bit about um, mortgage loan limits and conforming and all of that stuff?
0: Sure. Um, so conforming limit right now is $548,250. That's going to get you the best interest rate if you stay uh, below that. Um, what happens when you get above that number? It becomes a jumbo loan. So typically jumbo loans will go up to a million dollars. And then they become what's called super jumbo. Um, The only exception to that is in high priced areas. So for example, like San Francisco is a very high priced area. New York City is probably a high priced area too, right? So um, in in certain areas, they can go up to 822,375. And those are what are called super conforming loans. So you're still gonna get the in pricing, but they allow the limit to be exceeded of uh, the 548,000 limit to be exceeded. And that's gonna vary on, you know, city by city. They're not all 822, but the higher, the highest ones are. And some may be 750, some may be 680, you know, um, but, the, but there's that special category for uh, what's called super conforming. So it's really a conformant loan that's in a high priced area. Okay, so that would keep you out of the uh, jumbo category. And the reason it's important is the rates get a little higher as you get into jumbo rates, the qualifications become harder. Um, You know, they want to see more reserves, more assets, um, better credit, all those things.
1: thank you so much george for sharing so much information uh, we will be sure to i'll be sure to contact you if we have any more questions sure. and i'll put all your information so that way everybody can contact you if they would like to speak with you thank about you. their questions
0: thank you so much